everybody. Welcome to Hacking Into Security, your career-related cybersecurity show. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, the InfoSec recruiter, and regularly we'll be speaking with a variety of guests from industry leaders, entrepreneurs, senior specialists, and new people into the space. Each is sharing their story, views on the industry, and how others can navigate success in their careers. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Hacking Into Security. So today we're here with Abbas Kudrati. So Abbas is a cybersecurity advisor working for Microsoft. Based in Melbourne, Abbas has got a a very deep background in security, ranging from technical, he's worked as a CISO, and now obviously advising a big corporate entity and massive name in the tech industry like Microsoft. So I'd love to get to know Abbas, his story, and hopefully how others maybe can learn a thing or two from him as well. So first of all, Abbas, who are you? (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me, Ricky. Who am I? So if I if I can tell you in one line that I'm a lifelong learner, I like to learn. I have come all the way from being a system and network admin, and today I work for Microsoft as a chief cybersecurity advisor. But I'm also a part-time professor of practice with Latrobe University and industry professor with Deakin University as well. That's awesome. I know you've done a lot in your career. That's, that's a, a nice way to, I guess, do it in, a, I guess, a short version anyway. So you've got to pretty high level these days in terms of where you are, the type of company you work at, which is really awesome to see. But I guess, how did, it, how did it all start? How did you get into security and why, I guess, security? Why security? Well, because I can't sing and dance. <laughs> That's <from> Rocky Balboa, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story, Ricky, how I stepped into security. I'm not an IT graduate. I never did my engineering in security or information technology. You'll be surprised that I'm a commerce graduate. I'm an accountancy bachelor. So I did my bachelor's in accountancy and auditing. But I had always a nick of interest in IT. And I... During my school days, I was introduced to subject for computer, which, which I hang up on it. I said, no, I want to step into it, even though my father pushed me into doing a BCom so I can help in the business. Oh, wow. I said, no, I'm going to do a diploma. I did my diploma in uh, system management and became a system admin. And my colleague used to tell me I'm an IT wizard. I was very hands-on, geek, fixing and breaking and fixing things like computers and printers and networks and all those things. I thought I was good in my job until one fine day, my web server or my file server, which was hosted on a, which had a public IP address, got compromised. One hacker got into it and he deleted all the company web company files and filled up the hard disk with pornographic material. Oh, wow. That's when I realized this just being a good system admin or a network admin, it's not going to go far away. You need to have a, a mindset how it got hacked first. I, I was very curious. So I learned that how this had happened, what did I miss out in my settings that the hackers could have got into it? And I realized I had open ports and it was hosted on a public IP. A simple natting or a, or a firewalling could have helped me. So that triggered an interest to get into a security engineering track. Cybersecurity was not a thing on those days or information security was not a thing of those days. I'm talking about 1999 and 98 period of time, right? So I stepped into firewall, learned Cisco firewalling, lead by CCNA, did a Cisco PIX firewall configuration, and I used to call myself, I'm a network engineer mm-hmm. or a network security engineer. But And not even that. So that happened something in 1999. 
Later on, when I moved to Middle East, I had a job of a security engineer or a network engineer type of a job. Again, my uh, data database servers and web servers was hacked for a company which I used to work for. And I said, something is bloody wrong. I, I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> How it is happening every time I get into a good job and hackers are getting into it and, and compromising my machine. Then I learned how to do a penetration testing. So I became a certified ethical hacker. I, I downloaded all the tools. I connected with some of my friends who were pen testers during those days, talking about time for 2001, 2002. And I learned how to do a pen testing. And that's where I stepped into cybersecurity or information security. I became an ethical hacker. I started doing pen testing and I got a break to work with a Big Four KPMG as a lead pen tester. And that's where my journey started into, I can say, true cybersecurity uh, industry. Did a lot of pen testing, number of organizations and banks. I worked along with my team on, on how, how things are operating and how hackers are getting in, into our networks and database and web servers. But it went for a while and I was enjoying all that journey. And then, I, of course, I, with the company which I used to work for, uh, one of the big four, it was a small team, so you get an opportunity to work on many different projects. You can't do pen tests all the time. This was an era of 2003-2004. So I had an opportunity to do system audit. I had an opportunity to do, do some risk management, writing policies, doing 27,001 implementation. Wow, that's so I was diverse. learning a holistic area of security, not, not only pen test. I learned a bit of a system auditing. I became a CISA certified I did some of a bit of a 27,001 audit and implementations. I became 27,001 auditor. That's where it triggered my interest in governance, risk, and compliance, which really helped me in identifying and converting those technical problems which you find in pen test, aligning to a risk management framework, right? And and that that improved my knowledge. Started understanding how the business operates, what lens they they look look through the technical era, technical problems. And, we, and being there on the right time, had a right opportunity, became a CISO. I worked as a chief information security officer for a number of years in many countries, uh, in banking, in government, in big four. And uh, it created a profile, which I am today, that I can talk to technical people and non-technical people as well, and a business people to bridge that particular gap, and which really helped me in getting into a job where I am today with Microsoft as a chief cybersecurity advisor. That's the story of my life. <laughs> wow. I guess it shows your curious nature and that's helped you to where you are today, really. Mm, absolutely. So you've had a lot of exposure, different areas, but also you've mentioned different countries you've worked around. I guess what's, or have you seen much of a difference in terms of maybe regions, how people operate from organizations to maturity levels and things like that? Absolutely. When it comes to the culture plays a lot, uh, a, a big role, right? When it comes to cybersecurity, the people, uh, people you deal with, for example, in Middle East is, is a set of a different people. They are very trustworthy. They're very social. It is very, again, going back to the time when I used to work there in 2008, 2009 and 2012 during those era. When we used to, when we used to do engagement for a social engineering attack, uh, one of the consulting engagement, uh, we had a very good success rate. And the only reason we used to have a good success rate because of people's side, right? They're very friendly. They, If you ask them, hey, I'm, I'm calling from your call center. I was a football match last night. How oh, they get very <laughs> friendly and they will share the information you ask for them. So it plays a very important role. 
while on the same side if you try something like that in in australia even today people are aware they will they will know that something is wrong so that awareness level is high now now of course the life has changed but culture wise a huge difference when it comes to cyber security they will share the data very easily but on the same time if you look at the top management cyber security awareness and the culture within in, in middle east they are very close community they won't let you enter into into their a group of uh, trusted friends right talking about working in a bank they will always have they will always try to keep the data within their own data center nobody should have access no vendor a simple simple example of hiring a pen tester from a different country for doing a pen testing in my banking environment they won't do that they would invest the money they will hire the person as an employee in the company and then wow. tell him now do the pen test doesn't matter you work here for one one, one year they are so when it comes to the security for data they are they are like that which which is not the case in in other part of the world such as us europe and 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 in australia where we can hire contractors um, we, we we build that particular trust factor with with those contractors and they can do the job and we get our work done so culture and trust being biggest factor in in a different part of the world that's interesting so You've you've had the journey going from I guess technical to broadening out your skill set, and obviously now you're in a sort of senior advisory capacity. I talk to a lot of people that also want to I guess improve their careers. They want to grow. A lot of technical people I speak to, or a number at least, want to progress. One day they have aspirations to be a CISO. I guess for technical people out there, I guess what advice would you have in terms of journeys or things they should be studying or looking at? let me give you an an uh, example uh, what does a ciso life looks like right the whole thing comes into a communication so ciso is required to communicate at various level he need to talk to business and so he has to understand the business language and speak in the language which business understand he has to speak and deal with the risk management team the enterprise risk management team so he has to have a knowledge and understanding of risk and should be able to speak in the language which they ask he has to deal with the cio so he has to be a technical side as well and translate those security risk into technical risk as well and he has to be a people person so managing people dealing with media in terms of crisis dealing with hr in terms of investigations and reporting so to, today's ciso are of course having a good technical knowledge at the back end it does helps you in translating those things but he has to step into learning what does a business want what are the business risk how i can get how i can ha- work together as a team with the business people rather than only focusing within it and security team it it makes a huge impact i have made mistakes in my career as a cso where coming from a technical background i i used to ignore those business people saying that i know my job i am able to fix and and block all the attacks what's happening in my network i am able to secure it but that's not enough business want business says want you to secure the network but also help, wants want your help in helping them in a the business right in terms of how they can increase their revenue the business application which they are building how that can be secure as well as how they can uh, gain trust within within the team so you have to be a trusted business advisor you have to be a strategic as well and you have to be a technologist as well so being a technical on a, on a technical line it is good which is absolutely help help you in in a long run but to start understanding the governance the risk framework the business framework try to understand the business which in which you are on a company where you are working for right 
Just to give a simple example, if you're working for a telecom company, then understand what are the various threats to the business and what are the various risks to the telecom industry. And what are the controls then you uh, you can build in in terms of mitigating those uh, those risks? You may not be lucky in terms of getting always the good budget for mitigating all the risks. So how you can give options to your business? You know that okay, yeah. if you do this, that's uh, of course the best control I can implement. If not, then let's do this. That's the second option, or do this third option. Work with your business, help them translate it, and of course let them accept the business. You are not the business owner as a CISO. So that kind of relationship and the communication channel has to be built. A trust has to be built with the business to be very successful in, in your journey or, or in your line as a CISO. That, that makes a lot of sense. Hi, this is a quick break. First of all, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And secondly, I'm Ricky Burke. I'm director of CyberSec People. This is my full-time job. Um, CyberSec People is a leading cybersecurity recruitment company. We support companies in hiring the best people in the industry, and we do this through our industry knowledge, connections to the industry, and handling of recruitment processes. If your organization is hiring or will be hiring cybersecurity professionals, please do reach out and see how we can help. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. So out of interest, let's say you have the knowledge you have today, but you're still a bass, the, the pen tester, or the network security engineer, but you had those aspirations to, to move up the ladder and maybe become a CISO. What would be the first things or aspects of, of the industry you'd be looking at to broaden your skill set? Yep. So uh, cybersecurity, of course, it, there are a number of different opportunities in cybersecurity, right? And I always uh, tell the people who, I do a lot of mentoring, uh, as you know, Ricky. I, I do, I deal with RMIT, Swinburne, uh, Latrobe, Deacon. I have lots of uh, students who comes to mentoring. So in the very first meeting, I check, uh, and I'll, I'll come back to your question, but giving you a background, if the person is an introvert or an extrovert. So I have been, I, I have always been an extrovert person. I like to go out. I like to go and meet people, right? But having, having uh, on the other side, I also like technology. I, I'm like pen testings and firewalls and dashboards and things like that. So if you ask me today with the knowledge I have, I would recommend somebody to start their career as a, as a SOC analyst, which is we have a huge demand for that. Everyone wants to, uh, every, every company is now building a SOC. 10 years back, that was not the case. <laughs> I never had a SOC when I was the CISO 10 years away. I, I used to just manage a few things here and there, just firewall and WAF, and that's it. But today, the ecosystem has expanded. We are no longer within the network of my boundary, behind the firewall. Things are on the cloud, and we have mobile applications. So all those different elements has to be monitored, right? So every company is now required to have either on-prem or a cloud, uh, cloud-based cloud uh, SIM. That is why I would, if I had to go back, I would start my journey in a SOC analyst. And as level one, I always recommend then learn how to uh, identify the threats and become a threat hunter, you know, okay. creating, understanding the threat intelligence uh, by connecting the various dots on that. After spending maybe two years or three years in the initial part of the journey, being an extrovert person, I would step out and get into a risk side of it, like become a system auditor doing a CISA. That's a one certification I always recommend to the students who comes to me. Yes, you learn technical certification, which is good. Certified ethical hacker or OSCP, all, all those things are good. CRES certification. But have an understanding what the auditors and regulatory people are demanding. Every big company have an internal audit team. Everyone's get audited by, by a big four auditor. 
if you know how to respond them and if you know how to put a control framework by learning uh, by doing a certification like CISA, it really helps you to build that mindset. So get get out. Of course, work for a, for a couple of companies as an analyst level one, analyst level two. Rotate within the SOC team at, at various levels. You get a, a bit of a, a flavor of uh, threat hunting, red team, blue team, pentest, and whatnot. Because within the SOC, there are a number of channels you can work for. Yeah. Easily, initial two or three years, you will you will become uh, you will understand all those technical threats and, and adversaries what you encounter. And then now it's your time to get out and learn some business business level attributes within your personality, such as doing a system audit, become 27,001 auditor or, or an implementer because everything is now based on the framework. Read a couple of other framework apart from 27,001. Understand uh, industry-specific regulatory requirements such as APRA, PCI DSS. Having those uh, knowledge of various industry frameworks gives you a very fine edge in entering into the target job which you're planning. If, you're, if your aim is to join a banking, learn PCI DSS standard, understand what is the requirement, understand how APRA works. And when you go to the interviews, you can tell about, yes, I've done pen tests, I know auditing, but I also know the framework which you are required to comply with, right? If you are targeting a job, for a government entity in Victoria, learn VPD, VPDSSS, which is a Victoria, uh, Victoria Protective Security Standard. Learn ASD. Read through the ASD documentation. Maybe if you are qualifying, do your IREP certification. You will get immediately a job interview from them that, hey, this guy knows the framework which we need to comply with, right? Yeah. Every company has to. Having a technical knowledge, I can find heaps of pen tester. But it is very difficult to find a pen tester who understand PCA DSS if I'm working in a bank. It is difficult to find a pen tester who knows IREP standard, you know. So combining your technical knowledge with certain uh, targeted industry framework or a common framework such as COBIT or, or 27001 or NIST cybersecurity framework, that is a one big framework I see most of the top companies are aligning to. Even Microsoft, we align our product among along this NIST CSF framework, protect, detect, respond, recover, you know, all those all those pillars. We align our product suit to that. So that CISO understand that by implementing Azure Security Center, he is trying to implement controls in protect and detect pillar of NIST. So I would really advise, yes, start your journey there, learn certain framework, align to certain industry, and focus on those companies where you want to target for. And make sure in the interview you talk about that. I'm interested in financial industry, FSI industry, insurance industry. I'm well aware of APRA and PCI. I think I'm the best suited for this job. I can 100% guarantee the interviewer will not say no to you that, okay, this guy knows this subject. That's great advice. And I guess that's that's a really good advice for people at that level. And obviously, you, you speak to a lot of people that are the other, I guess, side of the situation in terms of more entry-level students. Mm. Unfortunately, as we know, there's not the same amount of jobs out there versus the number of people wanting to get into the industry. So I guess what, what can someone do that's trying to break into this space? How can they help themselves stand out, for example? So number of things. Uh, networking really helps and kind of meetup group which you run. I think you're doing a fantastic job. I, I must give you kudos for that. that you. That's a platform where people come together, meet uh, senior and mid-senior people, people like you, people like me who are joining that uh, meetup group as a speaker. Also, also put your hand forward that how can I co-present you? 
or here is a project I did in my university and I want to create a presentation out of it and come out and speak. So the platform like Meetup Group, which you have, and there are a number of Meetup Groups, right? There are many famous Multiple. Meetup Meetup Group in, in uh, even technology specific. Like there is an Azure Meetup Group where I go and speak very frequently, where because I've been invited by our partner. So go and go and be outspoken. Try to be extrovert. Showcase that you have the knowledge and you can present it, right? Because nowadays you are required to be in in the front line, even though you're when you're working in a SOC team, even though you are behind the screen. But your CISO might come and ask that come and present me what what are the various threats we have seen in, on, on a weekly basis. Yeah. So if once you have practiced this kind of public speaking or being in front of a stage and have courage to answer the questions to your senior management, that really helps you. you know? So finding a right platform to go and present like this. And I, I'm, I'm advocate of a huge fan of Meetup and B-Sides and a lot of other conferences happening. And you will get opportunity. They won't say no because we always need some fresh topics and some fresh ideas, right? You can always partner with a senior speaker so that way you learn from them. Second one being find a mentor. I had, uh, when I started my journey, I never had anyone in my family or in my friend's group who are into cybersecurity or IT. And during those days, I had to learn on my own. Today is not the, is, it's not the case today. You are surrounded with lots of good people who are ready to invest time and being give you advice uh, at least a couple of hours in, in a week or, or a month, right? So find that mentor who, who you look forward to, right? Talk to them, take their advice, showcase your CV, show them what are the various things, how you can, what kind of personality you are, identify your personality trait and, and your interest as well, and then focus in that line. And be connected with your mentor on a regular guidance. Uh, this is the plan I have given given to you which I do always when I do mentorship. This is the plan. Come back to me. If you meet this target of three months of my plan, only then I'll give you a second, inter second session of mentorship or else don't come to me. And, and it really works. Otherwise, I get hundreds of mentorship requests. If you don't want to follow what I give you the advice, then don't come to me again once, unless you finish those things. And they really do it. And they get a job. I have a number of cases in Latrobe University who... They, they those students listened to me. They did the job, and now they are working in a, in one one guy working for the SOC analyst. Another one got a job as a GRC professional. So it it works, but you need to give your side of an effort as well. It's not just one way, just following somebody on LinkedIn and liking the comments and and tagging around that. That doesn't work. I thought, yeah, I completely agree. The mentorship is massive, and. Let's say there's, there's someone out there who would like to be mentored by someone, not, you know, it could be yourself or someone senior like yourself, but maybe they're a bit apprehensive about thinking, how, how do I contact someone like this? They're really senior. They might not, you know, they might not respond or they might be nervous sending a message. I guess what, what could be an approach or at least initial, initial message that someone could put together in your mm. advice, I guess. Yep. So, of course, reaching out through LinkedIn message or through a common friend helps. So I, I get requests from many of my common friends that, hey, my student, my son or my colleague or my friend is interested. Will you be able to spend some time? I know you are into this thing. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'll, 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 I'll give you a couple of hours and let's see what, what it is. It may be good enough for them, uh, he or she. Otherwise, if you need more time, we can agree upon it. So sending a request through LinkedIn with a grafted message that this is my objective, this is where I am today, this is where I want to be, I'm confused in terms of my path, what should I take to forward, or I need an advice, which cloud platform is good, or in cloud security is something new, what should I focus on, cloud architecture, cloud governance, identity access management, and many more. 
So find out the niche, very send a very specific and a targeted message rather than a blanket, I need mentorship, you're not going to get a reply. Yeah? And and then connect and, and let's see if the person is willing to spend time. Like I have mentioned in my LinkedIn that I do mentorship. So that means I'm open for those ideas. Maybe somebody is too busy and they are not into that. But that's okay. If not one person, then always find a second person. Or go through somebody who you know who knows him or her, right? Come through someone and definitely that could happen. But be very specific in your ask. Yeah, I I think that's great. And it's probably along along the lines of, I guess, someone putting themselves out there to do the presenting as well. These things just don't happen. You have to make them happen. If you don't ask, then you don't get. Absolutely. Great. Well, look, uh, you've really given some great insight and i think not just for i guess entry-level people but even senior people that want to transition their career so thank you for sharing that advice most pleasure anytime it's always pleasure to talk to you ricky hopefully things get old and we should catch up for another meetup and a coffee face to face definitely one day and i just want to say i think you do such a great job in terms of i know you give back a huge amount to the community and and especially sort of more that junior level to students and yeah, there's, there's obviously a number of people like yourself out there and it's so helpful to see because there's a lot of people that need help. And I guess those like yourself that are prepared to give a few hours and, and well, I think more than a few hours actually, but give up some time <laughs> and help people. It, yeah. it goes a long way and people really appreciate that. That's Thank you. Thanks for your kind word, Ricky. Awesome. Well, look, thanks for catching up. Thanks for your time. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you've got any questions, comments, please reach out to me. You'll find me online anywhere, CyberSec Ricky. And if you would like to be involved in the future, maybe be a guest and then reach out as well. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Bye.